What we have is a praise. I said we got a praise. We got a praise tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Chapter 4 of Philippians. Hallelujah. Now, this is the church here tonight. This morning I had the family, but now I got the disciples. I said, hallelujah. I said, I got disciples tonight. Can you hear amen? Amen, church? Amen tonight. Chapter 4 and verse 1. Therefore, my dearly beloved and longed for, and my crown and joy, so stand fast mm, in the Lord, my beloved. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. So, and I beseech Rhodus and Sixtius that they be of the same mind in the Lord, and to treat thee also, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, Help those women which labor with me in the gospel, which Clement, ladies say amen, which also, and with other my fellow laborers, listen, don't share, whose names are in the book of life. Your name is in the book of life. Lift up your hand and worship God. Lift up your hands and worship God. You may be seated. I am continuing since this morning, but I'm going to title this different tonight. It's called Beyond the Shadow of a Doubt. Beyond the Shadow of a Doubt. I said Beyond the Shadow of a Doubt. I don't think of the highest praise and accolade that the apostle could ever give any individual than to tell the church that this woman's name is to be found in the book of life. Now, I don't know how he knows it, but he said these women's names are in the book of life. That's no small achievement. There is the Olympics right now in Toronto. There'll be one in my city here. And their names are going to be in pedestal. And they're going to receive gold and silver and bronze. Church, the Bible said they run for a carnal crown. But we are running for an eternal crown. We are not wasting our race. We are not racing our sweat. It's a sweat equity. And the greatest honor you could have is not having your names in the Guinness Book of Record or the Hockey Hall of Fame or be a Canadian idol. But if you can become a saint of God and you know that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt, my name is on the roll. My name is in the Book of Life. That's what you need to shout about and clap your hand about and run about and be excited about that my name make it to the Hall of Fame in the Jerusalem Chronicle in heaven celestial shore. I've got no doubt. 
This is not a make-believe story. Beyond the shadow of a doubt. And guess what? There is evidence that demands a verdict that my name made it to the list. When I was in the Caribbean, they had these uh, island-wide examination. It was all, always skewed and corrupted as far as I was concerned. The rich could guarantee their name. The poor only wished they could make the list. You were on the wish list, but you were never on the it list. And so you never make it to the it list. You're on the wish list. And these people always know before time that they made it because they had an inside job that tell them that they were already, amen, uh, approved for high school and higher learning. And if you didn't have the right connection, the right name, and the right family, and the right money tree, you couldn't make it, my friend. Maybe things have changed now, but in my days, that's how it was. That's how it was. Just so happened the Neal family didn't have the money tree. We didn't have what it takes to be a part of that system. But I want to tell you, every one of my family are, are all credentialized people overseas. We had to travel over land and seas to make sure it happened. Because though we had the skill and the knowledge and the know-how, the corrupt system would not let it be. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's a God who does not respect persons, our pocketbook, our personality. He's a God that is just and equitous. And you can rest assured that God answers on the way when God said you're in, you're in. When God said you're on, you're on. Now, these people don't know that Paul is writing this about them, but so your name is in the book of life. After the rapture of the church, seven years of world crisis, three and a half years, kingdoms against kingdoms, last three and a half years, God's wrath. I told this morning in the seal. In the, in the vows and the trumpets. But it doesn't stop there. There's a war that's going to take place. It's called the Armageddon War. That's where Jesus Christ come down and tell the world it will be different the next time I come down. You won't nail me to the cross. I'm going to nail you to the ground. <laughs> I won't turn the other cheek. I'm going to knock your teeth out. He will come like a roaring lion. In fact, they will be hiding from him in the rocks and the mountains. They're going to know who Jesus really is and what he can do. He's not here to work miracles. He's here to tear the world up that he created. He kind of tear up his toys because the world was made for him, by him, for him, and for his pleasure. You don't know it, but you're God's toy. He made you to toy with you and play with you. He played with the trees and the mountains and the seas and the hills which he weighed in the hollow of his hands. And he's going to come and show who is the only potentate. I'm so glad I don't have to worry about in those days which God is a true God because when he comes, all the gods are going to float downstream when he comes. Now, there will be a judgment. I want to talk to you about it tonight. There's a white throne judgment. You as a church Christian, you have no business being tried at that bar. You have no right being put on trial at the white throne. In fact, the Bible says 
in the book of Corinthians chapter 5, I've been in the first book, we're talking about, know ye not that we shall not be judged, but judge angels. That's why we're forbidden by Bible never to go to court against each other. God said, call the least among you to judge a matter. But we can't sue each other. We just can't do it. God said, you're not supposed to do it. He said, I dare you to do it. That means God is putting you in a challenge. But we are going to judge all angels. Every angel in heaven will be judged by you and me. Can you believe that? I know it seems far-fetched. In the beginning, we were created lower than the angels. But when it's all over, we'll be equal with the angels. In fact, higher than the angels. Because God put the world to come in the our care, not their care. They will be servants when you will be the queen of heaven. Now the Bible know in 25th chapter, if you go there, of Matthew, there will be a judgment of nations. Now God, where does judgment begins? I want to tell you right now, this is going to shock your mind. The last judgment that you're going to face that puts you in a risk factor is the rapture. You and I are tried every day, all the time, 24-7, with trials and tribulations, persecutions and problems of sorts, and the whole thing is to see what you're made of. But hear me now, folks. The last test you are going to have is the rapture. If you don't go... You have been judged unfaithful. The rapture is for faithful, loyal, overcoming believers. If you don't make it, then you cannot be saved after the fact. It is over. The door is shut. Gentile dispensation has come to a close, and it's over. Now, you say, Pastor Neal, how do you know it's going to be like that? I got some evidence here that demand a verdict. What I have here, you folks will never see this unless you go where I go and went. It says Sodom and Gomorrah was found at the bottom of the Dead Sea. And this came from the Sunday Telegraph. March 26, 2000, and the writer and the professor is Jonathan Petrie. It's copyrighted in the year 2000. And it's in the Sunday Telegraph. What I have here is evidence of a Dead Sea. At the bottom of this Dead Sea is a place that you read about called Sodom. If Sodom have evidence that it once existed, then the rest of the evidence have got to be believed. You can come and look at this when you're done. It's not like the salt in your fridge or your cupboards. It's a different kind of salt. I have been to there. I've been to Masada, and I stopped by the Red Sea. You could almost walk on the water. You could lay in the water and just float to the top. But at the bottom of that sea is this thing. And it's evidence that demand a verdict. All the speculators 
That's why I don't believe the Bible cannot deny the fact that the Dead Sea came into existence at that time. High in sulfur and salt content. And you cannot explain its origin. It was never in Genesis. But it suddenly came on the scene after God destroyed that place. The history and the record is still there. That's evidence that demand a verdict that I can trust the Bible about the future. If it's right about the past, then I believe it will be right about the future. And we live in a world that says, show me first before I believe it. And they question the validity of our scripture and the accuracy of the transmission of the word of God to us. But I've got an evidence here that's beyond question. They cannot deny the fact that as I speak at Mount Arawak, which is still here, in the land of Turkey, somewhere in the north, there is a glacier where they can see pictures of the ark. Now I want to explain how did Noah came down from the ark, not being a mountain climber. But he came down. And because he came down, we're here today. Because God put them two by two. And we are the offspring. So I have another evidence that demand a verdict. If the past is correct, then the prediction of the future can be counted on. And I have here evidence beyond a doubt. Now, you can check your Google or go on a trip to, uh, to those places, and you'll see for yourself it is still there. Amen. If you have any question about Lazarus' tomb, it is still there. It is preserved. And even though Isis is trying to destroy the past of the history that you may not get the chance to see the history of the Christianity and, and the movement of God's people, yet the evidence is there still. It's just too late. It is recorded. You can't deny the fact. Jesus said, if you can't believe me, at least believe the works. If you can't believe what I'm preaching, at least believe the historical evidence that demand a verdict that the rest is true. Clap your hand to Jesus. Now, if I tell you that your name is written in the last book of life, you can't prove it. You're not in heaven to prove it. You have to receive it by faith. By faith. If I tell you when you're baptized in Jesus Christ's name, your sins are remitted, you have to receive it by faith. Because you're not going to see your sin swim out the water. Like some tadpoles. And if I tell you your sins are not gone, if you're only baptized in false and the Holy Ghost, it's by faith. But more than faith, I can prove by the writings that you're not in the place of remission of sin. Amen. Praise God. I don't, I don't need faith. It just means reread the Bible. It just means reread the text. Check it one more time and see if the Bible did give you some direction. I'm telling you, when God repeats one thing three times, it is settled. You can't find one time in the Bible anybody ever baptized the false on the Holy Ghost. That's why I don't do it, because it's not there. But everybody was baptized in Jesus Christ's name. And I want proof. You know what proof? Read the text. Search the scripture. 
For them you think you have eternal life. One guy said, oh, well, I'm going to read some more books. Books can't help you, honey. He said, search the scripture. John 5, 39 says, search the scripture. If you believe Moses' writing, you believe my saying. For he wrote of me, and that repentance and remission of sins shall be preached in his name. Now, church, I don't know if you know this. Nations of the world right now are not all the same. There are nations where government, amen, have institutionalized religion, like politics. You've got to become that religion or you go to jail, martyred, crucified, murdered, destroyed. Have your head amputated because it's a state religion. Now, my point to you is, if it's a state religion and the state is wrong and everybody in the country by birth up to the day of their death have got to adhere to that teaching, then it's possible that a whole nation could be lost. Not just one person. An entire nation. If they're wrong and serve another God beside the true God, then it's possible it could be said of them, the nation that forget God shall be turned into hell. And I'm going to tell you, there are nations on earth right now that are exactly like that. Have no room for Jesus. He is not God. He never came as a Savior. They will tell you he never died. They will tell you he's just a man, a good man. They'll tell you the crucifixion never happened. The resurrection never take place. And an entire nation believes that. That nation will be turned into hell. I'm not making that up. It says in Psalms chapter 9, 17, the nation that forget God. Now, at, at, at the Tower of Babel, it didn't start that way. So why is Jesus Christ coming, the second coming? It's to reveal who God is. No more hiding. He, like the Queen of England, have to come out of hiding and visit his subject. You and I love Jesus, whom having not seen. Yet you love him on the basis of preaching, teaching by the apostle word. Just like Rebecca loved Isaac based on the teaching of Eliezer. I'm trying to tell you, church, somehow God said, Whom have you not seen, you love receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. If I tell you tonight, beloved, your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, you have to receive it exactly like this church at Philippi received it. It's not based on guesstimation or estimation or education. It's based on dedication to the work of God. Amen. Now, church, when the church is gone, all professing Christians will cease 
to exist because only those who possess will be caught up. Those who profess and have a form of God and godliness will not be rising because the Bible said, I want you to examine yourself in chapter 13 and verse 5 and 6 of the book of St. Corinthians. Examine yourself and see if you are in the faith. I said the faith is in you. Are you in the faith? Knowing not that Christ is in you? Otherwise, you are a what? Reprobate. You're going to have to have an evidence beyond the shadow of a doubt. Mm. Hallelujah. That my name is in the book of life. This is no joke, church. You may lose your job today. Lose your partner tomorrow. Lose your friends the next day. But you can't have your name blotted out. You got to keep your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, again, in the Caribbean, it used to happen that way. That some mothers in the outer part of the country, they're slow in getting their babies registered. And when they don't get their babies registered, their name is not on the country census, and they can't find record of their birth. It make a problem for the kid. Where do they belong? They want to know where you came from, who you belong to. When Jesus was born, they registered his birth, that he was born, and he came from Bethlehem. His mom had to do that. Now, we're going to find in Nehemiah chapter 7 and verse 6 to 7, and Ezra 2 and chapter 6 and verse 6 or 2, there was a situation where people migrate from the captivity going home and they were trying to find their name in the Lamb Book of Life Church. The worst thing could happen to you is tomorrow you drop dead and find out your name is not in the Book of Life. All your labor in this church would have been in vain. All your coming would have been in vain. All your tithe paying wouldn't help you. All the goods you've done that you thought you've done for God would be useless if your name is not in the book. Now, I just casually thought about it, maybe not even thought about by people, but I want to wake up this night and ask you, do you have beyond the shadow of a doubt that I'm ready to go at a moment notice. Sun death, sun glory. I don't know if you know what I just said. Hallelujah. I'm talking about, amen, absent from the body. Where are you? And I want to talk about an evidence that demand a verdict from us. And we need to realize Revelation is written to you and me. It is the summation of all things. We started almost 6,000 years ago from Genesis. Amen. From Adam to now is almost 6,000 plus years have gone by. And we're going to the 7,000 year period. And God is bringing us to a close. And we are coming through a time period that we need to know. Am I in the book 
or not. Now, the 25th chapter of Matthew. If you go there, you see Jesus on his way to Calvary spoke about the same thing I'm talking to you about. He said nations are going to be classified as goats and nation classified as sheep. <laughs> I don't give you a conservative or liberal or whatever your political party persuasion is. And I don't care what your religious persuasion is. God said you're either a goat or a sheep. When he come the second time, there'll be a dividing of the people, of the nations. Some on his left, in his left, will be called goats. And some on the right will be called sheep. In other words, one thousand years after he comes will be allowed to be on earth one more time. Every nation of the world will not be allowed to be in the millennium. One thousand years where nation does not lift up sword against nation. Where the lion and the lambs live together. Where death ceased to exist. Under the reign and the management of Jesus, there's peace like a river. There's absolute fulfillment, satisfaction, no racism, no murder. None of the things you know happened since Adam will ever happen when he reigned. And not everybody will be allowed to go in that situation. Only a nation that God said he called sheep. Now, someday I'll, I'll discuss with you how that is so. And so, the sheep nation will be allowed to be on earth after the great Armageddon War for another thousand years. No war, no murder, no killing, nothing you know of today will be around. Hello? The world will have changed completely under the auspices of Jesus Christ. My question is, who are these nations? Now, I could name them and maybe cause political uproar in the world, but the Bible is very plain in naming who they are and naming what they're doing. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I thank God every day for my birth. I thank God I didn't come from a country with a institutionalized religion that forced me with their guns and their swords and their knives at my neck to be what they want me to believe and be their God. I thank God for freedom of choice. I thank God can choose the God I want to worship. Whether it be living or dead, make belief or true God, it make no difference. Thank God for freedom of choice. But it's not so everywhere in the world. And the sad part is the gods they serve true God. Does that mean they have to forget God or leave their country to be saved? Otherwise, they can't be saved in their own country or lose their lives. Now, church, if Mount Arawak is evidence that God did what he did and the Dead Sea is living proof that Simon Gomorrah did happen, we know for a fact nothing as sin is original in our world. Because the Bible says, as it was, in the days of Noah, in the days of Lot, 
or Sodom, so shall it be. In other words, we don't have the originality of what we're doing. Now, my friend, if you do what you've always done, you will get what you've always got. And my Bible tells me somewhere the voice of Abel is crying. Now, Abel is the first guy that got murdered. The first guy that died. And I'm going to tell you, contrary to skepticism and rationalism and institutionalized belief system, that after death comes judgment. Now, I know you can't relate to it because you never died before. So you have to believe that or not believe it. But Abel is dead. And the Bible says, he yet speaketh. I don't know how you're going to explain this. Moses died, buried in Mount Nebo. Elijah caught up into the heaven. They saw him go away. They couldn't find him on earth. And over several hundred years later, Moses and Elijah showing up in Palestine at the Mount of Transfiguration discussing with Jesus what is about to accomplish at Calvary. Now, that's amazing. Now, you say, I don't believe it. Well, it did happen like they talk about it. They came. Now, I thought they were dead. I thought they were gone. You see, you were taught, and I'm taught by many so-called scholars, once you die, you go back to organic life. And there's nothing to it. Some even cremate their body, believing that church, that's a myth, that's a lie. You are body, soul, and spirit. We are looking at your flesh right now. That's your outer man. That will perish and decay. But I've never seen your soul. I've never seen your spirit. But that is what matters. Amen. God wants you to worship him in your body, your soul, and your spirit. And the Bible says, when an when a, a animal dies, his spirit goes down, but he has no soul. But when a man dies, what happened, church? What happened when he died? Because if there is no life after death, then the white throne judgment is a myth. Let me show you here very quickly. What I'm talking about. Now, you know, I've, I've preached to people like you before that are in the grave right now. And some of you might beat me to it. And I might beat some of you to it. And some of, we, of us may never know it. Because we may be like another Enoch. Amen. Praise God. But it's hard to believe that a man ever lived one time to be 969 years old. In a world where we die at age 35 or 50, it's hard to believe that. But yet they died at those longevity situations. This here is the most mocked, jeered situation in our world today. People are mocking the coming white throne judgment. They are mocking it. And these are the people that don't hear preaching like this.
because they figure you are wasting your time. They live the doctrine of the Epicurean. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. But this picture is a graphic picture of a biblical writing that everybody under the sod are experiencing. Now, hear me. It is appointed unto man once to die. I brought this diary here. This is an appointment book. When I make appointments, sometimes I put it in this book. And I put dates and time. But there's an appointment made for all of you, all of us, that you did not make. You did not put the date. And I would challenge any one of you or any philosopher or scientist or doctor or guy went to the moon and came back, tell me he will not die. Tell me Marx and Lenin can't tell me he won't die. Masetun can't tell me he won't die. Krishna can't tell me he won't die. And all the great minds that we talk about and brag on and Darwin can't tell me they won't die. It was a point unto them to die. But then comes judgment. Not nothing, something happened. Now God didn't make you see what went on, but God gave us Jesus Christ to tell you what's going to happen. He said, except to believe I am he, you will die in your sin. Well, that's debated between you and God. After death, church, comes judgment. Now, I have a problem with people trying to talk to them about their future salvation. They always bring up their auntie, their, their grandmama, and their great-great-grandpa, who they figure in their eyes is good enough to be with God, but not good enough in God's eyes to be with him. What man call good and God call good are two different things. Amen. It's appointed unto man once to what? Die. Now, we don't want to talk about it. You know why? Because we want to think we're going to live forever. But it's, the fact is, we have a divine appointment. And he said, every knee shall bow. Not just some knee. Every prime minister. Every king, priest and king, and whoever lives, wherever they are, every knee going to come and bow at the throne. Now, I've been to courthouses and watched lawyers nod and bow to the judges. And they bow to those judges, and they have to do it. What about you and I bowing to God? Hello? Now, church, if your name is written on the book of life, you have a whole lot to rejoice over. In your eyes, to depart is far better, even though your eyes have not seen, and even though your ears have not heard. And I know in the flesh you want to stay in the flesh, but it said it cannot inherit eternal life. There has to be a conversion. You can't go as you are. Now, the Bible says, it is appointed unto man once to die. Hebrews 9, 27. And then comes judgment. Everybody in this church this morning and tonight have a divine appointment. You did not set it. I did not set it. You can't tell God, come a little later. I'm not quite ready. Oh, no. When God said, your number is called. 
That means the time of grace is over. The space given to you is finished. And all that you had given to you as an opportunity, stop. And God says, now I want a reason for the way you live. To give an account of every deed. Can you imagine? Every deed, every idle word I speak will be judged on the day of judgment. But here's the beauty for the church. Judgment begins at the house of God. Every Christian who is born again, Acts 2.38, belief in Jesus Christ and submission to his word. When you are judged the first time at the cross, at the altar, all your judgment was transferred to Jesus Christ. Every stripes on his back was yours. Every nail print in his hand was yours. Every spittle on him was yours. He was your scapegoat. You laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And he died in my place. And all I have to do is just simply point my hand to him. And say, that's my judgment. You don't need to judge me again. It's like in the wilderness when the serpent bait the people. You know what they had to do? There was a brazen serpent came up. And God said, all you have to do is do this. Looking unto him, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, if we do that and we are repentance, it's dying. When I repent, I die to my old sins. When I got baptized, hear me now. When I'm baptized in Jesus' name, you know what I'm doing? I've been to the cemetery. I took my whole person to the cemetery. I'm buried with Jesus in baptism. That's what the world is not doing. That's why their name is not in the book. <laughs> I'm buried with him in baptism. Now, we Pentecostal make an issue about baptism. We do make an issue. Because we know you can't get in without it. We know if you don't have the evidence and the proof, you're not going to make it in. You just believe a lie, I'm going to be damned. And we want you to have beyond the shadow of a doubt proof. Paul says, examine yourself. See if you're in the faith. Now, church, hear me. I go down in water. I'm buried. You didn't bring me roses and flowers. You didn't come and tell everybody how good I was. But angels had a response to this. Angels start doing the dance around Pentecostal dance, around the heavens, because I was judged, buried, and came back. You don't know this? I went through a resurrection. When I came up out of the water, I was symbolizing a resurrection of the rapture. I'm going through a being a resurrected from the dead, come back to walk in the newness of life. And guess what? Trevor Needle don't exist in heaven. There's no such name in heaven called Trevor Neal. There is a name given to me that you will never know, and I don't know it yet till I get there. There's a new name, and I got a stone in heaven, a white stone that said, I am free. I am liberated. I am a... <laughs> you folks not catching on. This is deep theology, but it's true. I am free, and that's not my name. And to give you an insight in it, 
He changed Peter's name to let you know what it means. He changed Paul's name to give you an idea what name change means. Being I've been changed, I've been reborn. Now it means that if I if I am born twice, I can only die once. I do not belong in this category. I don't belong among the goats. I don't know how you're thinking about this right now. Church, if you miss this, your living was in vain. Might as well you were never born. Might as well you never leave your mother's womb because it's going to be hot for you. Eternally hot. Destructive. And you say, well, God, you can't do that to me. God, for just a minute, I'm the potter here the clay. You can't tell me what I can do to my world. I made you for my pleasure, and you bring me displeasure. Hello. And so what God does, when God gives the Holy Spirit, it's like putting the, the blood of the doorpost. Death angel can't come. Hello. So the rapture is to guarantee eternal life. Death has no power over a raptured, resurrected saint. You cannot die anymore. And you are now eternally, truly secured. And you've passed from death to life. That's what this church is all about. That's why we are here tonight. That's why we're here this morning. Get the message. It's not a ritual. It's not a waste of time for you. It's not just going to church. It's making your calling and your election secure. That on that day when there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, you can be with the joy of the Lord. I wonder how many people have died in waterways that passed by this church and all they saw was a badger skin. And only, I believe, I don't know what you think, but I believe when they died, Jesus Christ said, I was next door to you. I reached out with my arms to you and you would not. Our sins, come here, Caleb, where's he at? Don't sit too far, Caleb. Where's he at? What on earth is he doing? Tim, stay in here Don't, when I'm preaching. Tim, come on in here. Bring him back in here. Nobody go in when I'm preaching. I'm preaching the word of God. Tim, stay in here, folks. Don't worry about the kitchen. Amen. Come here. Boy, come here. Sin that he had. He denies me. God Take the sin off him and send it to this place right here. Every time I call some of the altar to repent, you know what I'm doing? I'm literally unloading their sin off them and sending it off to Jesus. 
and he's taken it to this white throne judgment and found it guilty. And when it comes time to condemn me, he stepped forward and says, I take his place. He died in my place. So I don't need to die. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm saying all my sin to judgment. And when God called my number, and I'm going to give it my last breath, there should be no fear. For if my heart condemn me not, then he won't. But if I'm not right with God, and I know I missed the mark, my heart will condemn me, and that tell me I'm he heading for trouble. I send my sin on to judgment. Now, come here, young man. Here's the difference now. If this was the old me, stand right here. And I, like the world is doing right now, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. They don't believe God. They won't worship him. He don't fight with them. He leave them alone. But when it's all over, when come time when the appointment arrives, and God says, your number is tonight. He told the rich man that tonight your soul is required of thee. You're going to leave everything. And he has not done what this guy did. His sins, keep on walking, is following him, hello, right to judgment. An angel, unnamed angel, comes down from heaven with chains in his hands, arrest him, listen to me now, chain him, and threw him in the outer darkness below the earth. This is honest truth. And before he goes down, he can feel the flame coming up to meet him. An angry angel grabbed a hold of him, chained him, and threw him right in the, in the fire, dark fire. It's called the black heat, the heat that no man can see. It is so, it is so hot, it's black. Outer darkness. And they go there, and Jesus said he should know. There is weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. My question to you now, this last few months, hundreds died in hurricanes, earthquakes, shootouts. Does anybody ever stop and ask the question, where are their souls? We have loved ones that pass away. We have a mortician that can fix you up and put <laughs> tissue in your mouth and make your locked up jaw look like it's okay. We have guys who can paint your face and make your skin look real. But really it's rot. They can part a puff you up for five few minutes and hope to God the heat don't get to you. But that's not where your soul is. That's just a carcass. The worms already is doing their job on him. But they hide it and they perfume it. And they look pretty good. And so look, he's, he's resting. Lies. I said lies. Pastor, you're being so horrible. No, I'm telling the truth. You've got to hear the truth. You've got to know the truth. One of these days, you're going to have to face it yourself. 
lies. He's not resting. He may be weeping and wailing and gnashing his teeth and wish to God he had made the mistakes he made. You know why? He that believeth not shall be what? Damned. And he that believeth shall be saved from what? Sin. Darkness. They lied. Marticians lied. Preacher lied. And they con us. They're sleeping. Look how, look how restful they look. Church, the soul and the spirit is gone. And you're seeing Genesis chapter 3 come back to life. From dust you came, and dust you shall return. None of your high science can change that. Your high tech can't change it. The only person Jesus should fear, don't fear him who can kill the body, but can't touch the soul and the spirit. But be fearful of him. They can put both soul, spirit, and body in hell. I'm telling you the truth. You have a right to know the truth. Somebody got to get the nerve someday and tell how it is. The white throne judgment is for people that didn't make it to heaven. Because hell is God's trash can. For people he doesn't want to live with him forever. And he says, depart from me. I don't know you. And here's the sad part. When you just die, this is the Holy Ghost talking to you. When you just die, you do not meet Jesus. You just know you, got, you have to meet him sometime. But you don't know when. Because time shall be no more. When you die, time cease. Time is irrelevant. There is no time when you die. So you have no idea how long you've been in that state. One thing you know, you can't come back. Jesus put it this way. There's a gulf fixed. You can't cross over. It's impossible to make the transition. Think about it, church. You see what you're doing in church when you come to church? Don't be stupid. You're saving yourself. Not only from this generation, but from the wrath of God. He who makes the, the pottery has power over the clay. And say, I don't want this to live with me. And throw it away. And they go to hell. And the Bible says there's weeping, wailing, and what? Gnashing of what? Well, well they have no teeth. It's a, it's a proverb. It's torment. It's a place where prayers are made and cannot be answered. I didn't mention this morning to you. Do you notice an angel went by and preached the everlasting gospel that saved nobody? How many noticed that this morning? An angel went around and preached the gospel that saved nobody. It was not intended to save anybody. It was to do the unfinished business of our churches. But the church didn't finish the work. And God says, it's a witness 
Hallelujah. And people are praying right now as I speak. Below my feet, there are people. Below your chair, there are people. Below your home, there are people. All across the universe in darkness. Crying to you. Listen to that preacher. He's right. But you just can't hear him. And God said, let them hear Moses and the prophet. Because I'm not setting anybody from the dead. And even if I did, they still would not believe. Because Jesus came from the dead. And they want to kill him again. Weeping. Wailing. Gnashing. And that's not all there is. There's a lake of fire to follow. A lake. I can't picture that. A lake with fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fire was so hot. Let's the heat alone kill those guys. And sit down there, please, for a while. And... There are people, you know, I know some churches, I don't call their names, say, oh, God is not like that. Oh, yes. He's not like that. He sure it is. God is a consuming what? He's a what? Consuming fire. And Paul says, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hand of a what? A living God who said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. <laughs> now, here's the saints of God. Amen. God took the wrath off him, put it on Jesus, and he's got no wrath on him. But there's a warning for him. If he, if he goes back in the world, listen now, bring it on to your world to understand. Better you had not known the truth than after you know it, <laughs> turn from it. Tramp it on the foot. Step on it. Now you got blood on your feet. Guess whose blood it is? Jesus. He over here, come here, stand up. He has got blood on his head. His own blood be on his own head because he rejects the preaching. He over here, he rejects the life of Jesus. So he crucified Jesus Christ a second time. He crucified Jesus one time because he is held responsible for the death of Jesus. Hello. But the Lord says, better you were not born than after you come in this world and you get all this. You taste the world to come. What? You taste huh? the world to come. You know what talking in tongues is doing? You're in another world. You know why you're in the world to come? You know where you are? In the company of innumerable number of angels. You have what Gabriel and Michael desire to look into? Wow! You're joined here with Jesus and you throw all that away for 30 pieces of silver? The first person in that lake of fire or the backsliders. I will not have this man reign over us. And they walk out on Jesus. 
so it's an open shame. And God said to me as a preacher in Ezekiel 18, 33, if I see this in you and don't warn you, and I respect you more than him, he said, you are going to go to hell, and you're going to lose your soul. But preacher, your hell going to be worse because you give him not warning. And you see him, and you didn't help him to turn around. Hallelujah. This guy should not be at the white throne judgment. You know where he should be? At the Bema seat for reward, for works done in this church or in the kingdom of God. Vacation Bible school, you think God don't see that? You think it's your idea? It's not your idea. It's God's idea. God put it in your heart to do these things. Like he does to many people to do things and they don't do it. And that's their problem because they might be proving unprofitable. Hello? They tell me in Trinitarian Church, you're not saved by works. That's not true. In Revelation, God didn't ask you, did you obey Acts 2.38? Didn't ask you that. He says, I know your works. To the city, it says, I don't see your birth. And then Paul said, because they asked the Lord, how will you judge the world? He said, here's how I'll do it. Hurry up, boys. Stand right here. Hurry up, please. Go stand right here. Just you three. You live in the day of Noah. I'm going to judge you by conscience. You live in the days of Moses, on the Moses law, up to the birth of Christ. I'm going to judge you by the law of Moses. You live in the day of Christ. I'm going to judge you by the gospel. You come here, please. Come here. And then, even though I know you can't be saved, I'm going to leave you to the Antichrist. Come right here. I'm going to judge you by the mark. If you take that mark, you're done. I don't care how much you scrub it off or cut it out. You're done. You're toast. And if you don't take the mark, you're still toast. So you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Because the church is gone. Now, church, hell was built for the devil and his angels. Slothful servants are going to go there. Backslide is going to go there. The ungodly and those who receive the love for the truth and those who love this present world. Worst thing a parent could do is if you go shoplifting and they knew you shoplifted, but you keep what you stole and, and take it back to the store. Take it to the manager. Say, Look, manager, this boy stole from you. I want you to know what he did. I want to bring him back and give it to you and pay for it right now. This boy have a chance of never end up in a con man in prison. With a permissive don't caring parents who sees the truth and hide it. Your sins and his sins and her sins are going to meet at judgment. So our preachers at the judgment seat in heaven. Take your boys. Here's the rapture. We're the beating. We got caught up to meet the Lord. And we're going right up to the judgment seat.
And God says, Brother Bean, you've done all this for me. Just today, you did all this for me. Da, 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 da. You guys say, Lord, where did I do this? Where did I see you to do all these things? For as much as you did to my name, in my name, you've done to me. The pastor may never recognize you, but there's a God who says, I see and I record. And some people in church are going to build up hay and stubble. Hello? And when the fire of the world system hit it, it's going to burn up. I mean, everything you own on earth is burnt up. And the only thing you got to save is your what? Soul, if you make it. Hello? Burned up! So there'll be some poor people in heaven. Poor people. They won't have many crowns or any crowns. Just a gown. Hello? They just made it by the They're scarcely saved. They're righteous or what? Scarcely. Does scarcely mean you just squeeze your way in? Just, ooh, just made it in. Just made it in by the skin of your teeth. But it's not what I want. <laughs> I want to. No, I mean it. And then, church, once we made it in, we cannot be lost. You are forever, eternally sealed as forever and forever and forever like him, like Jesus. Church, that's what this church is waiting for. Believe me, I'm trying to tell you why we're here. We're not here to have a, a Tuesday night prayer meeting. And da, 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 da. We're doing that that we may be accounted worthy to be saved and stay saved. That when he comes, he's going to take us suddenly. You won't even have time to plan it. You don't know when he's going to do it. You're going to be gone and go right to the seat for your reward. And at that time, God's going to give us a gown, a crown, a throne, and a name, and a stone. Hallelujah. And a right that we never had before to the tree of life. That's when the people in hell will not see what we have. You know what these guys are going to be? They're souls in prison. Before I close tonight, let me tell you, the Bible says in Peter that there's some souls in what? In the days of who? Noah. When God waited for them to repent it, and they did not repent. When Jesus died, let me tell you what he did. When he died, he went down to the lowest part of the earth where hell is. Hello? And he went and preached a sermon not to save them, but to convince them. Because they're begging him to get out. And he said, no, 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 no. We waited. Bible says he waited. Because he waited. Peter says that. He waited. And they wouldn't repent. And he closed the door on them. Now, prison is defined by Revelation 20. Everybody go there, please. We're going to finish on that chapter. Let me show you what's going to happen. And this is after a thousand years has gone. Now, I don't know if you said this on your own, but I feel destiny for all of us. I feel destiny for all of us. Everybody say amen. amen. Praise God. We see here in chapter 20 and verse 1, the devil, even Satan, is bound 
for a thousand years. Are you with me? He's bound. After a thousand years, he will be loosened again. And the same people, the sheep nation, will find favor with Magog, which is Russia again in China, to attack one more time. Verse 5. It's going to happen, church. This earth has 1,000 more years to last. But you're not going to be on it, dead or alive. So forget it. You're not part of that program. Your program is now leading up to it. Is this all right? Is this all right, church? This shouldn't sadden you. It should gladden you that you're on the right side of life. God saved you just in time. You're not in this a religious church. You're in a place of salvation where God brought you out of darkness to light and give you a revelation you would never have had somewhere else. Amen. Verse 7, when the thousand years expired, Satan shall be loose out of prison, which means hell. So go to see the nations one more time. In verse 9 and 10, God named the nations who's going to bring this battle to the world one more time. And fire and brimstone come out of heaven and burn them up. And the false prophets. And they were tormented out 24 hours. Verse 10. How long will they be tormented? Come on, church, answer me. Day and night, forever and forever and forever. Now, I know a church in this city that will tell you, I don't know God is like that. Well, you, you want to know those guys? What do they know? What do they know? I got evidence that I can't question. Come on, somebody. Amen. Praise God. I've got evidence beyond doubt right here. Now, the book of life is open. Here is why you baptized in Acts 2.38. I'm going to tell you right now, everybody from, from Adam to Christ on the cross are called the righteous. They will be at the white throne judgment too. The righteous is not the bride. Hello. To be the bride, you have to have the Holy Ghost. Amen. Job was righteous, but Job wasn't a Pentecostal. Hello. Because Pentecost was not revealed to him. It says here, Amen. And I saw thrones. And talking about you, church. And they that sat upon them, you, church. And judgment was given to you, people. And I saw the soul of them that were beheaded for the word of God. You know who these were now? Jews. Who realized Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And here's why they got beheaded. They didn't let Jesus die for them. So now they got to die for him. Because when they claim Jesus, it's going to be anathema to other Jews. And their brethren are going to kill them, plus Islam and the world system. Hello. And beheading already started in our world today. And you have become so used to it, it don't even bother you. You know why? You'll be desensitized to killings and murders. But when you stop and think about where these souls are going in suicide and martyrdom, then it makes you cry. It makes you weep. 
it makes you want to do evangelistic work because you know they're going to a place that they were not planning for. But you know the truth. And you say, no, in the terror of God, we persuade men to believe. They say, we are pushing the gospel of them. We're not pushing. We are pleading with them. We're waving the red flag. Don't go any further. Praise God. It says here, it says, and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, now there's image. Now I receive his mark upon his forehead in their hands, and they live and reign with Christ a thousand years. These are people on earth. Jews. I can prove it to you. These are Jews that were sealed, that were converted by 144,000, and that to lose their life, including Moses and Elijah, was also beheaded by those, I mean, murdered by those people. Now I will tell you, they kill them. All right, now, but the rest of the dead <laughs> live not again until a thousand years were finished, right? Blessed and holy is he in that part in the first resurrection, for upon such the second death hath no power. But they shall be preaching to God. All right? Now, here we go on now. It says, and when a thousand years are expired, sailors in the prison for a while, but then in verse, if you go down to verse uh, 11, and I saw a great white throne. Drew, I want to take you. Everybody read with me. Verse 11. And I saw a great white throne. And him, did he say them? Him. Jesus. That sat on it. From whose face? The earth and the heaven fled away. This is the same person in chapter 5 of Revelation. On the throne. And there was found no place for them. Where can they go? And I saw the dead. Everybody said the dead. All the dead. Small and great. I want to tell you, parents, when you start having kids, you better have a prayer life. A good prayer life. Because mothers with young little babies, not even talking yet, Paul says, if one of those parents aren't saved and that baby die, it's lost. Now, you come with me with your humanism. Well, God can't do it. A little baby, innocent baby. No, you're wrong. That baby don't have an innocent little spirit. Got a big spirit in a small body. You know what I said? A big spirit in a small body. The body is holding it back. Spirit don't grow. Soul don't mature. It's always there. The body has to catch up. And God said, if the father is saved and the mom is not, I'll take the father's life and save that baby up to a certain age. Otherwise, the baby is unclean. Go ahead, shoot me. I didn't write that. It's in the Bible. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's in the Bible. And I'm telling the truth. So, christening your baby is foolishness. Huh? Baptizing a baby is not even scriptural. Live the life and protect your child. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Praise God. Come on, church. I'm not being morbid. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I'm reading the Bible to you. Amen. Evidence beyond a doubt. It's right here. It says here, and it says, and they were judged 
by those things which are written in the book of life according to their works. And the sea gave up the, all those guys who sprinkled their ashes on the sea, wasted their money. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were just every, just a few. Just a few. Just a few. Let's stand. Every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And church, I'm not making this up. I'm not wishing this for anybody or against anybody. But Usher was not found written in the book of life, was cast in the lake of fire. It's called damnation. Matthew 23, 33. It's called place of torment. Luke 16, 23. Verse 26 says the fixed gulf. There's thirst there. Now you say, Pastor, don't preach this way. Then you're in the wrong church. You're in the wrong church. Because if we're here to preach the truth, we don't want you to face God and say, you never mentioned Jesus to me. You never the light for me to see. You see me going astray. And you knew I was going astray. But you never mentioned Jesus to me. Think about it. Think about it. Church, I want you to imagine the day coming when all we preachers are going to stand. If you really want to read about our future, read chapter 18 and 33 of my future and all preachers' future, even the Pope, even the Islamic Iman. Read their future. Because God called everybody his sheep. His sheep. Would you bow your heads right now? Church, I'm not here to distress you. You have a right to know. Beyond the shadow of a doubt, you know when you pass this life, you have to face everything I just preached. And if you don't make reservation, to be preserved in Jesus Christ. It just won't happen. Salvation is not an accident. It's a divine plan. It's a purpose. You young kids, you have to seek God for yourself. If a hurricane come here, he won't ask your age. He'll just destroy you. A tornado will just wipe you out. The earth will just swallow you up. If there's a war right now, soldiers won't ask you what your age. They'll just cut your head right off. Like they do right now. I've got a right to tell you the truth. Amen. I'm telling you, my friend, our world is murderous. Our world is killing people daily. I mean, by the thousand, by the hundred, and nobody's wondering where they're going. When someone shoots you and kills you, where do they send you? In an unprepared world where you got no reservation for heaven. And then you got these lying prophets looking at a martician coffin and says, they're sleeping. 
and though this guy didn't live for God, and though she didn't walk with God, everybody's saved. Lies. But thank God you found the truth. If you read the next chapter, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. I don't want to stop on the negative. It says there was a new heaven and new earth. It tells you who's in there. The people that kept the truth. Yeah. chapter talk about it. A new heaven and a new earth. You want to go there? Go lower the standard preacher. Do you have any folks walk through that door and say, we ain't coming back? You preach that, I don't like it, too bad. They can say all they want to. But I want to go to heaven. You know what? When my time to go, you won't be there. It'll be me alone facing either an angry God or a happy God. What have you been preaching to my people? But oh, church, to know you've made it. And so thank God for that church that preached the truth. My name is in the book of life. My sins are washed away. I got rights to the tree of life. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. I was telling my wife today, I spent a few years with my auntie that taught me a lot about hell and heaven. And I went to stray. I sure did. But I'll tell you, friend, it was a beautiful day when I wrote to her. I said, I finally come to my senses. I'm in the truth. Thank you for the seed that you've sown in my life. Hallelujah. 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 Is your name going to be there? Yes. Tanisha, you want your name there. 20 years ago, you wouldn't have been saved. 40 years ago, I wouldn't have been saved. But tonight, sing, worship the Lord. Hallelujah. For the next thousand years, you're going to find me. I'll be sitting at the feet of the Lord. I've got a lot of things I want to thank you for. It will take a million years just to thank the Lord. Oh, for the first million years. You gotta find me. I've been sitting at the feet of my Lord. I've got a lot of things I want to thank you for. It will take a million years just to thank the Lord. Now, hold on, church. I got, I got a program. I tried to teach it in Whitefish when I was there. I talked to some parents there. They have uh, about 50 headmistress for one year, per year, average, 50 out of the school. I said, look, spend some time and check some things out. I said, number one, 
Where do you pick a school? Find out that, you know, who graduated from here? How much crime coming in this place? How much bully goes on? You just can't send your kid to any school. You got to stop checking out and make sure where they're going, they have a fighting chance of success. Good role model and good, and good, good outcome. You got to check out who teaches there and what they produce is. Church is the same thing. You'll find out how many made it in. How many made it in? How many didn't make it in? We're going to pray in this verse right now. Lord Jesus, I want you to bless this church with evidence beyond the shadow of a doubt. That they cannot question it, Lord. All they can do is confess it. And say, I am satisfied with the evidence that I have my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I have done what the Scripture demands of my life. And I'm living the Word. I'm living the Word. I'm not allowing my carnal mind to stop me from believing and receiving. Because one of these days, God, I'm going to have to leave this body, this clay body right here. I'm going to have to walk out of it like a caterpillar and become a butterfly and fly away. Is God talking to somebody here? Church, if you ever feel that backsliding, don't do it. Don't do it. You feel like throwing the towel, don't do it. Paul says, the glory to follow, the present suffering cannot compare to what you have in store. Jesus is coming. There's a white throne judgment coming. You don't belong there except to judge the world. Where you belong is to the beamer seat to receive a reward. And if you're not saved this night, let me tell you the message one more time. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. As the scripture says, repent of those sins and be baptized by full immersion into the name of Jesus Christ. You got to know for sure that you went down in that name and obey that scripture. Have your sins washed away. And when you do it, God's going to put your name in the last book of life because you spoke with tongues and spirit gave utterance that you're born of the water and the spirit. And you're on your way to heaven. You're on your way to heaven. God is following somebody right now. Praise God. Mr. Robin, what do you pray? Pray and thank God for the name and the Lamb's book of life. Would you pray? Because there's only one book of life and many books for those that were lost. Think about it. Hell has a larger self for those who want to go there. But heaven has not changed its dimension. Would you pray for us right now? Would you all pray with her right now? Let's all pray. Thank you for your word tonight. Come on, church.